Hello, I'm Ruby Ryder. Welcome to Pegging Paradise Podcast number 293, Changing the World One Ass at a Time. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcast is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get onto the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partners. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual, safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you would like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early, as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. Click the donations button on my website. You can also make a yearly one-time donation and receive the same benefits as a monthly patron. Another way to support my work is by shopping at Entice Me, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to Entice Me and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys, specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER. That's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of Entice Me, and you'll be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. <laughs> so it's really freaking hot here where I am in California. If you occasionally hear panting, that would be my dog. <laughs> She's inside panting away because it's really hot inside because there's no air conditioning. And I know all of us are experiencing really strange weather all over the place because of climate change. So here we've had the heat wave for the past, I guess it's a week and a half. Supposedly it's supposed to rain tomorrow, which is like, um, what's rain in California? <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> so we're kind of excited about that, but right now it's overcast and hot. Oh my gosh. A little cooler than the last few days, but yes, it has been sweaty and hot. You know, going to the gym is nice because it's freaking air conditioned there. <laughs> and I still sweat a lot at the gym, clearly, but oh, the air conditioning feels so lovely. And I had to take a drive the other day because something broke on the washer and I had to go get a new part. And it was about 45 minutes away. There's this magic guy that has all the parts you could ever need for appliances. And I thought, well, not a problem. 45 minutes each way in my car. That's an hour and a half of air conditioning. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. Oh my gosh, it felt so good. Okay, let's get to your letters here. This first letter is, uh, I'm going to give you guys a trigger warning. And because it is a letter about being sexually assaulted. So... Um, I'm going to go back and paste in where to fast forward to so you can skip the whole thing if it's something you want to do. And I will go ahead and put that information right after this point so that you know how to fast forward or where to fast forward to if you want to skip this letter entirely. Okay, if you'd like to skip this question, please forward to the 25 minute mark, 25 minutes straight up. Okay. Subject. I was sexually assaulted and I don't know how to feel better. 
message body, and then he included trigger warning for sexual assault. I feel I have a strong duty to be open about this experience for the sake of educating others. I thought you may appreciate this piece as you are such a strong advocate for men's mental health. I'm open to answering any and all questions if you choose to read this. I've copied the post I made on a pro-sex page on Facebook. Obligatory disclaimer. I am writing this, choosing my words very carefully, hoping to not accidentally offend anyone. Unfortunately, I'm human and may not be as educated as I should be about proper terminology. If I use an offensive or improper term, please leave a comment and kindly correct me. I promise that any potentially offensive language does not come from a place of hate, only a lack of knowledge, and knowledge is power. For starters, I am a 28-year-old cishet Caucasian male. What do I know about being oppressed, right? Stay tuned. I am in a four-year-long, beautiful age gap relationship with an amazing woman that is 33 years my senior. You're welcome to ask me anything about that as well. I am open and proud to say, yes, I am especially attracted to older women, or as we like to say, women of a certain age. I think it sounds a little nicer. A few nights ago, my partner and I went to an art show, mainly to support some of her art students that she advises and oversees. Super cute. We both loved the idea of wearing some fun, funky clothes and picking out specific items to match a non-specific character we had in mind. I enjoy looking good, especially when I am her arm candy at an event like this. I ended up just wearing some tight jeans, a black shirt, and a unisex black jacket of hers that now lives in my closet. I like to refer to it as the Steven Tyler jacket. It has a big fuzzy collar and fuzz on the cuffs. Needless to say, I was feeling fresh. After the show, we were outside mingling and she was showing me off, which I love, and introducing me to some of her colleagues and friends. She introduced me to one acquaintance, another woman of a certain age. We shook hands and introduced ourselves. Within literally 30 seconds of meeting this woman, she compliments my jacket and says, it looks so soft, and proceeded to run her hand down my clothed chest. In the moment, which seemed to happen in a flash, I was pretty shocked by the audacity and forwardness of this woman that I had just met literally seconds ago. Not feeling traumatized at that time, I just shrugged it off and exchanged words with my partner as we walked away, which mostly consisted of, what the fuck? We then grabbed some dinner with a few friends, had drinks, and got merry. Overall, a fun night out on the town. It wasn't until the following day that I began to unpack the experience. Being completely honest, part of me really loved the idea that an attractive woman of an age made a physical pass at me. In fact, it's somewhat of a fantasy of mine. I enjoy that kind of bold behavior, being pursued and objectified. I'm a sub for miles. Once I acknowledged this to myself, I immediately messaged my partner from my work about the experience and asked for reassurance that it was okay that that part of me found it very erotic. Communication rocks. I got a green light. Unfortunately, I found out that for now, this fantasy was best left on paper. As I dived into that rabbit hole, I felt more and more shitty and completely drained emotionally. The only word that seems to do my feelings justice is yucky. I feel yucky. Obligatory note. I am aware that I was born into a body and sexual orientation that grants me much privilege and that societal norms reinforce that on a daily basis. Maybe I shouldn't be complaining about receiving sexual attention. I'm a straight man. I'm supposed to like it, right? Hashtag hetero guilt. Was I raped? Of course not. Was it inherently sexual? 
Not necessarily. Am I going to lose sleep over this? I hope not. Did this stranger of a woman invade my personal bubble and touch me in a way that felt sexually charged without my consent? A hundred percent yes. I cannot stress this enough. I can't say that I know what you mean to the survivors and victims out there who have experienced more grotesque assaults, not even close. I'm not seeking pity. I'm not seeking attention. I'm not going to be adding the Me Too hashtag to any posts. My purpose for sharing this is to promote the conversation of men's mental health. I feel that it isn't talked about nearly enough, especially in the Western societal ideology. Men that have the constant voice in their ears saying, suck it up, don't show weakness, be a man, etc. The bro culture I've witnessed firsthand is disturbingly toxic absolutely frightening and disheartening. To those of you that read all of my blathering, thank you. P.S. My feelings are valid and my mind shan't be changed, although I encourage the challenge. To anyone who thinks I don't have the right to share my grief due to my obvious and admitted privilege, I riddle you this. A man strokes the chest of a woman he met 30 seconds ago, commenting on her jacket. Not cool, eh, chief? Now reverse the gender roles. What do you notice? If the goal is equality, it shouldn't matter. Do you want everyone to be equal or not? Signed, a straight man just trying to be a decent person. Whew, this was so powerful. I've held on to it for a bit before reading it on my podcast. And... There are so many instances that I've run across in terms of the whole concept of equality where it just doesn't go both ways. And I know that as a listener to my podcast, you've heard me talk about this before, but the whole thing of making sexual suggestions and sexualizing someone in writing on a comment on a forum or um, a blog area, you know, stuff like that on a website the whole concept of that transgression is just so difficult for some men to actually realize is a problem. It's the whole, well, I was just kidding. What's the problem? Or, oh, please, you know, this is a sexually oriented website. I can't say anything like that. And I don't know. That's why I've written those pieces about sexualization. But it's even more powerful when it's touch. Touch is like, whoa, don't be touching me, man, if I didn't ask for it or if you didn't ask to touch me first. That's the whole thing. I mean, when you get black and white about it, I can see where there's a gray area where if you've met someone, a friendly touch on the shoulder or something like that, but that was clearly sexually charged the way that you described it. And that is just so not welcome from a stranger. It is so not okay. It doesn't make any difference what gender you identify as, what gender the person who did it identifies as. It doesn't make any difference at all. What makes the difference is that the touch was not consensual and it was unwanted. So sometimes I think people get caught up in that gray area of that friendly touch on the shoulder and don't realize that they can't go a little further and do the stroke down the chest. And clearly, if a man did that to a woman, people would be in an uproar. And I think that people should be in an uproar for a man too. 
I think that the reason, like you mentioned, that people don't get in an uproar about it is because men are taught to stuff it. It's like, oh, come on, be strong, you know, suck it up, deal with it, just don't react, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. Well, what if it is a big deal? I fully embrace your inference, I guess is is the best word I can figure, that this kind of stuff matters so much and that when you stuff it down, maybe that is Maybe that has, that can absolutely have an effect on your mental health. Because you mentioned mental health in there. And I think that's so important to include, to understand, to be a part of the conversation around this. I know what it feels like to have a lot of transgressions done and be expected to just not say anything. Because that happens to women. But... But it isn't acknowledged as much when it happens in the reverse direction. And it isn't given nearly as much worth. And I think the worth should be equal. I totally, totally agree with you. So I very much appreciate you writing this out and sending it to me. And I was happy to read it on my blog. And I thought I'd start off the podcast with this. And then we could go on to other things. Because it's always a little bit difficult to know where to put stuff that is uh, tough stuff. I guess it's the best way to put it, tough stuff, where to put it in the podcast. And I thought, well, let's just go right off the bat and do this. Dive in. So thank you, a straight man trying to be a decent person. I think this was well-written. I appreciate you sharing it. And I appreciate the point you're making. I totally agree. Touch needs to be consensual. Even sometimes when I'm in public like like at a, um, a kinky munch, and munch is a word for the BDSM people when they get together socially. It doesn't mean we're playing or doing anything kinky. We're just meeting socially, like at a restaurant or a bar or something. And even with that group of people where I know that, you know, they're kinky, that's why they're there. It doesn't mean that those boundaries get crossed there either. Um, sometimes when I reach out to touch someone, like a friendly touch on the shoulder. I'll even ask, do you mind if I touch you? I mean, that's the best way to do it, just to make sure. And for those of you who are like, oh my God, do I really need permission to, you know, touch somebody's shoulder in a friendly way? Well, think of it this way. If you ask and they say yes, then you know. If you don't ask, it could be the wrong thing. And it could leave someone feeling just as yucky as this straight man. As far as how you feel better, you, you stated you don't know how to feel better. You didn't really ask the question or ask for advice, but that pops up in my head anyway. And the first thing it makes me think of is actually telling the person who did this how it affected you. Not in a punitive way, but more in a, it's important that you know that this affected me this way and... I don't know, I guess I picture that bringing some level of full circle satisfaction, not satisfaction like, you know, you fucked me over, so now I'm going to throw it in your face, more like, let's break this cycle, and if you know that unwanted touch can have this effect, maybe you won't do it again, but definitely you won't do it to me again because of me telling you this. Now that might be a dicey proposition because if it's a colleague or a friend of your partner's, there's all kinds of levels of consideration uh, 
in terms of if that's a good idea or not. And I have no clue about that. But um, yeah, that's one thought that I had. Because if people don't speak up, when things like this happen, I don't think it's ever going to change. And I don't mean to put all kinds of pressure on you that you have to do this thing. Please don't take it that way. But I do think that when we watch people do things that happen to other people, and we recognize that this, this is happening, that it's a great idea to speak up. Because the more we speak up, I think the quicker things will change. And like I say, it's up to you completely, you and your partner. But if that message was to be delivered diplomatically, quietly, but informationally, that might help you feel a little better. It really might. And to get an apology, ideally, I suppose I envision the person apologizing. But yeah, that's pretty much what went through my head. So if that advice is unwanted, just throw it in the trash can and there you go. Thank you so much for writing this and sending it to me. I appreciate it. And if anybody has any questions about any of that, that he offered answering things about the age gap relationship, which I can totally understand. <laughs> I like to show boys off too. <laughs> um, or any of what he wrote the letter about, about the transgression that he experienced, the assault he experienced send them in and I will read them on the next podcast. Okay, let us move to the next letter. This is a really short, happy success thing. Hey, Ruby, waves. Me and my wife tried pegging probably over a year ago, but it wasn't quite what we expected. We tried it again after listening to your podcast and had some incredible sex as a result. <laughs> I just thought you'd enjoy uh, hearing that, that was sweet to receive, absolutely sweet to receive. I am happy for the incredible sex you had, and I would like to take credit, but you guys are the ones that did the education, listened to my podcast, and then came together in an incredible way. So congratulations to you. Here's my next letter. Hi, Ruby. I love your podcast. You're doing such a service to men and women. Thank you. I do have a question. If there is a podcast about it, please do send it my way. So my boyfriend loves pegging. I'm very kinky and love giving pleasure. I have found it super sexy and fun. He likes me to put women's lingerie and pantyhose on him, perfume and makeup too. The only thing that bothers me is at some points he has said things like, I knew I should have been born a girl. I want to be a man right now when declining pegging. I'm jealous of your tits. I wish I was you. Now that freaks me out. I asked him point blank, do you want to be a woman? We were both upset and before he could answer, I told him it was wrong for me to ask that as it's none of my business. But now it's just lurking there and I still wonder about it. I've been reading a lot about feminization and I guess I just need more information about it. Thanks. So here, here is what I think about that. I think that there's a difference between a man who is embracing his femininity really strongly, like it sounds like your partner is, and enjoying that and enjoying all the delights of what that's about. The delights of wearing soft and silky fabrics, of changing your appearance, of being penetrated during sex, 
of being able to act girly and look girly. Some men really, really enjoy that, and that's called feminization. So there's a difference between that and a feeling of being born in the wrong body. If you feel like you were born in the wrong body, then you have some dysphoria, sometimes genital dysphoria, sometimes just body dysphoria, that this is the wrong body for you. It's different than being jealous, kind of like, oh my God, I wish I had tits like you. And I wish I was you sometimes, because clearly there are other times when he doesn't want to be a woman all the time. I want to be a man right now when declining pegging is one of the things that you wrote. So there's a difference between being jealous and really wanting to embrace the fullness and the reality of what it would be like to be a woman and feeling like you were born into the wrong body so that you need to change your body to be a woman, if that makes sense. That's the best way that I understand it. I don't think that it was wrong of you to ask him, do you want to be a woman? I think that that's a fine question to ask. I think it's an important question, and it's probably a question he's already asked himself at some point in time, or he's never asked himself because there's no part of him that feels like he wants to be, so he'll be really surprised that you even asked it. But I think that communication is important because the whole defining line between wanting fairly strong or intense feminization and enjoying that so much and then wanting to have a different body. That defining line is really important. It's especially important for you to be aware of, but it's of course primarily important for him to be aware of. And if that's the case, it needs to be talked about and it needs to be something that comes out into the open. If, however, that gets asked and it's like, no, I've never thought about making any changes or that I'm born in the wrong body. I just love this so much. So part of what I want to talk about here as well and and let you know is that men get shamed so, so much for feminization, for pegging, for opening up, for wanting to be girly, for all of those things. There's so much shame that has been reinforced over and over and over again their entire lives that when they finally find a partner who loves this and engages in it, all of that history doesn't just go away. It's a very tender place. It's a very vulnerable place and very fragile. So it's possible that he just kind of freaked out when you, when you said that. And I can understand why you freaked out because we've already talked about that. But he may just have shut down in terms of, oh my God, here we go again. Someone's going to shame me. Someone's going to make me wrong for opening up and embracing this 100%. I don't know what side he falls on, but I think it's important for you both to take a look at it and have a talk about it. And I haven't done a podcast about this before, but I'm sure there are resources. Um, I'm sure there are groups even on Reddit that talk about feminization and that talk about that defining line between wanting to transition and just wanting to embrace feminization. 
So I'm sorry if I don't have any good places to send you, but if anybody listening has some links of some places where things like that get discussed, that maybe this listener can go and check it out and ask questions and things like that, that would be helpful. Please let us know and I'll put that in the next podcast. Okay. Thank you for sending that in. And I hope things have calmed down just a bit, but that's the best advice I have for you at this point. Okay, here is my next letter. Hi, my fiancé and I were just listening to one of your recent podcasts and the topic of how to refer to a pegging fuck buddy came up. I came up with the idea of peg pal. (laughs) Quick, alliterative, and gets the point across easily. Have a great day. (laughs) By the way, our pegging is going wonderfully. We just need to do it even more often. (laughs) That's interesting. Peg pal. Okay. Yeah, they're my peg pal. I have a couple of peg pals. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> Next letter. This is a pegging celebration time. I wanted to thank you for your awesome podcast and advice you provide. Me and my wife had previously tried pegging over a year ago with a budget underwear style harness with suboptimal results. Due to that, we stopped shortly after and didn't revisit pegging until recently. I listened to a bunch of your podcasts and reintroduced the topic with my wife, who was willing to try again. We picked out the dildo, a glittery pink, purple, and blue one with a pink Aslan leather harness. I took your advice and made sure to have her pick what she would feel best in. Saturday night came around after all the goods arrived and we got down to business. My wife looked incredibly hot and after 10 minutes of adjusting to her dildo, it got really good. By the end, she was really pounding me and it felt amazing. My wife enjoyed it too and thought it was very hot to see me take it. Thank you again for your guidance and everything you do. <laughs> Congratulations, you two. Nice choice with the Aslan leather harness. That's exactly the one that I have, the pink one. And a glittery pink, purple, and blue dildo. That sounds like the sparkly one that uh, enticed me cells. I'll put a link to that just in case it's the right one <laughs> because it fits the description. Also a link to that leather harness. Once again, thank you for sending your story and I was happy to play the music for you and congratulations. And here is my next letter. Surprise, another pegging celebration time. The subject says, finally. (laughs) I probably shouldn't have put that tone on it. Maybe it's like, finally. 
Dear Ruby, the world is a wonderful place. After my divorce and a marriage during which I dabbled in pegging, but so much wanted to do more than dabble, I found a woman who absolutely loves it. It came so naturally. There almost wasn't even a discussion. In fact, neither of us can even remember how it came up. All of a sudden, we both just had our pegging equipment out. Ha ha. And then she was fucking me. Best sex either of us ever had. Both of us have said this. Interesting fact that I have to share. She does Kegel exercises constantly out of habit for one reason or another, and we use only strapless toys, and she's an absolute goddess at pegging. She has no issue with it ever slipping out, truly mesmerizing. Anyway, I've been reading and listening to your blogs all day, and I figured I'd drop you a line. Hope you have a great weekend. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh my gosh. So, uh, it's wonderful when two people come together and they don't really even have to spend any time freaking out or, or having fears or concerns about the kinks and you just both kind of go, oh yeah, you're into that, me too. That's awesome. Uh, as far as her being able to hold the strapless in without it ever slipping out, she's one of the 5%. So yay for you. Um, I do want to emphasize for listeners that it doesn't make any difference how many kegels you do. Uh, for the vast majority of givers... Even if you're the Kegel queen, it can still be pretty impossible to keep that in while actively fucking your partner. So yes, she is one of the 5%. And thank you for sharing that. Because, you know, sometimes I get letters from people saying, well, hey, I can keep it in. And many times when I question how they do that, they say, well, I lay on my back and I clamp my legs together, put the toy in. Well, the other way around, put the toy and clamp my legs together. And then my partner rides me in cowboy. And that's beautiful. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But that's not active fucking. I'm talking about being able to keep it in uh, while you are maybe behind your partner doggy style and actively fucking them. That is where you get down to the 5%. Yes. <laughs> so congratulations. Happy to play the music for you. <laughs> okay. And then I did some looking back and uh, there's, you know, things fall through the cracks. And guess what? Another pegging celebration time. And my apologies, this was actually sent six months ago. And the subject says, we did it, we did it, we did it. <laughs> Hi, Ruby. Well, it took three years of talking, but we finally did it, and it was amazing. We got our harness on Wednesday, and Friday was our big night. I had the house ready with fresh-cut flowers and a martini waiting for her when she got home from work. The bedroom was candle-lit, and towels, toys, and lube were all set out, so she wouldn't have to worry about a thing. 
We washed up and I warmed myself up with a smaller toy in the shower. We met in the bedroom, me massaging her and giving her head while she sipped her drink. Parentheses, I'm a big sub. <laughs> Eventually, I asked if she was ready. She knew what I meant and she said, sure, and slipped the harness on. My wife, married more than two decades, looked incredible wearing her first dick, even though it was a modest one-inch tantus. I figured I would lay down on my stomach for the first time she entered me, but she walked up behind me as I stood at the foot of the bed and lubed up both of us while I stood there. Before I knew it, she was inching in and I was moaning. She got halfway in when she stopped and said it would be better if I was leaning against the wall to have something to push against. What a woman. And I should point out, this was her first time pegging, too. We moved to the wall, and I set my feet apart a little, set my hands on the wall, and she entered me, slowly but surely. Soon she was stroking, bouncing on my ass. I was so nervous, but it felt so good. I moved my feet apart a little more, bent over a little more, and arched my back, and she buried that cock all the way in my ass, and it felt fucking incredible. Her hands were on my hips, pulling me into her. I was thrusting back and moaning like a whore. I couldn't take it any longer and stroked my cock with a free hand while the other rested on the wall as she pounded. I came like a fountain. She was so proud of herself, she strutted around the room after fucking me. We continued to fool around, taking care of her needs, then spent the rest of the night cuddling. We are already talking about larger toys and incorporating some of our femdom play into the next pegging session. Any ideas on this would be welcome. We owe you a big thanks for your guidance, especially the podcast episode 112. It would be a huge thrill if you would read some of this letter on your next episode and play the pegging celebration music for us. Thanks again. And this is signed Pony Boy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Congratulations. And my profuse apologies for missing this. Sometimes things fall through the cracks, like I say, and I know they say that a lot, but uh, I am not the most organized person. I probably border on ADHD or ADD or something like that. And so again, sorry this took so long, but congratulations. And I can't wait to hear the follow-up and how things have been going since then. When you do stand up pegging, your leg lengths have to match and you definitely need something for the receiver to lean against. <laughs> Doing it in the middle of the room is a pretty difficult task. Yes, you need something to push back with or against while you're getting fucked. Absolutely. And congratulations. I am so happy for you that it finally happened. <laughs> Thanks for sharing this story with us. And here we are again, <laughs> pegging celebration time. And this is from the Peggers from Belgium. I am 40 year old man and 17 years with my wife of which four years married. Our sex life is fantastic. How it all started. My first anal contact was when we were together for seven months. 
We went on a city trip to Paris, and after a day of exploring the city, we went to our hotel, planned to explore each other further. We took a bath together to relax. Just then I feel her fingers slip inside me, this without notice. At that point I was not prepared, and a bit of what? So it stayed with that one finger. A few years later, we were quite busy with massages as foreplay. At one point, she was massaging my buttocks and ran her finger along my hole. And at that moment, I was like, whoa, I think she realized that was a possibility after all. She didn't go in, probably because of the case in Paris. After a few weeks in massages, my interest had only increased. I took all the courage and sat down together and started talking about... Remember in Paris when you, so the finger in Paris, had created an opening after all? A few weeks later, we had another conversation and she started talking about a prostate massage. I didn't know what it was, but went with the flow. Every touch was wonderful. In the beginning, the outside was the most exciting. After a few sessions and two fingers in, I climaxed without touching my penis. This was amazing and I wanted more, more, more. So I went on the internet looking for butt stuff. First butt plug, then prostate massager. It took a while again until I saw the word strap-on on a web shop at the beginning of 2019. I clicked and thought, hmm, this might work. After a bit of hesitation and searching, I bought a double dildo, share vibe, didn't immediately dare to walk in with a strap-on, so it took a bit of time. We also have a game, The Ultimate Desire, and there was a question about pegging, so we played this game until the question was asked. That way I could subtly indicate that I liked it. She definitely wanted to try this, and a few weeks later I was fucked by my wife for the first time. First few times was searching, but at some point I came by pegging alone. After a lot of research on the internet for how-to, I saw Pegging Paradise. I learned a lot from that about how women can think about it. Thank you for that. So we sit down to talk about pegging. I didn't let her listen to the podcast, but took out the dots that mattered to us. I told her that I like to be fucked by her and no one else, that I find her very sexy with a strap on, and it's not that I want anal, that I want to take her anal. I would like to discover more pegging with her. As a surprise, I ordered a new strap-on, the strap-on-me multi-orgasm, found on Pegging Paradise, and I know that my wife goes wild with the clit stimulator. A few days later, pegging was on the menu, and yes, she came twice, hard, and I got the pegging of my life. Hopefully we will explore this more because, and this is all in caps, I want more. <laughs> Sorry for the bad English. Please let me know if this is played in the podcast. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. From Belgium. You know, the whole Pegging Paradise thing and my webinars and my podcasts have become so international. And of course, the interest in this is very international, but I always thrill to get letters from people from other countries. And I think you did quite well with your English. And I so appreciate you sharing that wonderful story with us. That was absolutely amazing. I enjoyed reading it and enjoyed how you told the story, you know, from this to that. And yes, the finger in Paris. <laughs> That's just like that lovely, this visual. And I could see how she did it the first time and you went like, what? Whoa. <laughs> Even between couples who are really, really intimate. 
Uh, slipping a finger in without asking is a little risky because, you know, a lot of times you can get that reaction of what the fuck. <laughs> so I'm glad that it led you eventually to this absolutely amazing new choice for your sexual treasure chest of choices during sexy times to the pegging choice. Yay. So congratulations. Thank you so much for writing in and telling this story. <laughs> Okay, here is my next letter. I am after some advice. I recall from the beginner session that you said men feel like they need to urinate when their prostate is massaged. I can't find anything on your frequently asked questions, but my partner fights this feeling. I'm pretty sure that if he relaxed and welcomed it, mess or not, he worries about the mess, he will probably orgasm. It sounds like the exact same feeling I have when I squirt. It's really hard to relax and overcome the feeling. Do you have any advice for me here or written somewhere else? Or perhaps I am wrong and you can correct me. And this is from Helen. Helen, so here's how I explain that. Um, you receivers, when you're getting prostate stimulation, whether it's by fingers, small toys, or getting pegged, it is not unusual to have a little sensation of feeling like you have to pee. And also this sensation of kind of like overwhelm. So not all of you are going to have the have to pee sensation. Some of you will, some of you won't. And some of you will have both the little bit of overwhelm, little bit of have to pee. So if that comprises a portion of your experience, but the bigger portion, the largest portion is pleasure. That's an okay place to be. And that's actually that combination of sensations can take you to more pleasurable and more orgasmic places. So in that, Helen, you are correct that if he kind of relaxes through it. However, what you say is absolutely true. It's hard to relax through that feeling of overwhelm and have to pee. Um, I suggest that you have something down on the bed. So if there is a mess, it's no problem at all. So that that is at least one worry that can be taken away. But the other thing I suggest is this. I have found that a bit of a stair step process works really well. Um, this is what I mean. So you fuck your partner for a while and you keep in really good communication with them. This is the important part. And they let you know when it just gets to be a little bit too much and you stop the thrusting. And then maybe you can kind of play with their cock just a little bit or just take a break. And maybe, I don't know, there's no exact scientific formula for this clearly, but I'm thinking you take a break for like 15 seconds, maybe 30 max, and then you start again. Typically what that does is it gives you enough of a rest so you can relax again. And then when you start again, you can accept a little bit more stimulation and the pleasure level is higher. So you're kind of building that pleasure level in a stair-step type of way. That is the way that I have found works really, really well. So when you do that, you're allowing the person a rest once in a while, as opposed to uh, just, just, you know, try and relax and I'm going to keep going and you just need to relax. That's a tall order sometimes because that feeling of overwhelm can really be overwhelming. <laughs> Remember one partner I had that the, he said, uh, how, did, how did he say it? He said, I just, just stop for just a minute. I just, I need to gather myself. <laughs> 
And yes, I totally get that sensation because I have the same sensation when I'm being stimulated internally as well. So I'm familiar with that type of sensation. And that is kind of, you know, usually when I squirt or it certainly is intertwined with the occasions when I have squirted. So Yes, and I teach about this in my beginner's class about how so many of the things that we know about that internal clitoral stimulation, uh, they're a template that you can kind of lay over prostate stimulation because there are so many similarities and that's a big one right there. It's a really, really big one. So that's kind of what I have to offer in that regard. I would say that stay in communication and respect his, okay, I need a break but just keep coming back to it and try that stair-step thing and see if that works. Because to a certain extent, yes, he does just need to relax. But sometimes when the overwhelm and the sensation that he has to pee gets, gets to be too much. So remember I described if you have a little bit of that, but the, the primary um, sensation is pleasure, like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to put some numbers to it, like 80% is pleasure. And the 20% is comprised of the have to pee and overwhelm. So if it gets to like 50-50, that's overwhelming. So that is that means he needs a break. So with that description, keep in contact, describe this to him, and you guys work together and see if you can get him past that and then put that thing down on the bed so that if he does pee, (laughs) you know, it's not a problem. (laughs) Because occasionally that will happen. Um, There is some discussion as to whether or not it's prostatic fluid with a little bit of urine in it or whether it's just urine. And I, I don't know, in the end, all puns intended. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> You're having a good time. <laughs> Besides, peeing is so much less of a of a mess, right, than if he didn't clean out before you pegged him. So, you know, there's some perspective there as well. Okay, thank you for the question, Helen. All righty, we are done. So, lots of pegging celebration times. Yes, lots of good stuff. Peggingparadise.com is where you can find my blog, my podcast, and my erotica. I have been having some trouble with my podcast streaming on my website. What it's asking you to do is to download them. And this irritates me because they used to stream directly. And so I'm still working on the problem. But one of the things I want everyone to know, and I know that I've announced this before, is every single podcast I've ever done is available on theartofpegging.com. I have them all there. So if you're searching for earlier ones or searching for whatever, please go there because I have all of them uploaded there and it doesn't cost anything at all. You do have to kind of register so that you can be a person on that platform using uh, it to access the podcast, but they're all there. So I apologize for the difficulty. I'm still working on it. Website stuff can be wild, especially after you've had one for what is it, 12 years now? Yeah, it gets intense. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, so Pegging 101 offers informational pegging articles with no kink. My podcasts are available through any of your favorite podcast downloader apps. You can also stream my podcast directly from my website. (laughs) If it's working... The follow tab has links for you to subscribe to my blog, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, FetLife, 
Reddit, and TikTok. When you order exciting new toys from Entice Me, please do remember to use that coupon code RIDER for free shipping, R-Y-D-E-R. You can send your questions to ruby at peggingparadise.com. No question is too mediocre, too mendacious, or too matter-of-fact. My listeners are going to learn along with you, so don't hesitate to throw those questions in my mailbox or record your question on the voice app of your phone and send it to me. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening. You rock. Happy pegging and no shame. 